0: Hi, I'm Dr. Christopher Newman. I'm Professor of Space Law and Policy at the University of Northumbria in Newcastle, in the United Kingdom. I'm also International Space Law Advisor for Coldstar Technologies. I listen to the Coldstar Project. This show is for entertainment purposes only and is not what is termed professional advice. The Coldstar Project is proudly presented by the Operational Excellence Society. Coldstar Tech is a supporter of the OPEX Society, and Jason Kanigan is a member of its board of advisors. Talk with us at Cold Star Tech to find out what we can achieve together with your Lean Six Sigma or Operational Excellence programs. And check out opexsociety.org to learn more. The space industry is one that is in desperate need of partnerships right now, with the exception of one or two people, it doesn't have the oomph to get the job done. And what I mean by that is driving us towards having a truly commercial space industry. So my guest today, Rhonda Stevenson, is just the right person for for this kind of job. She's very good at developing coalitions and thinking strategically in a way. I, I gotta say, she surprised me. Right? I I don't think the way that she does, and I am very eager to learn how. Uh, you'll actually hear that in this discussion. Rhonda's somebody that uh, I've recently met and realized <laughs> it's like a good person to look up to. Right? So. Let's have her on board. She is the CEO and President at Orbital Assembly Corporation, um, which is just doing some some really amazing things in design and with, uh, you know, off the shelf parts to create new results. And if we can get these things into usage, right, if we can get these things demonstrated that they function uh, using some new thinking, then I think that uh, we can really transform this industry and accelerate towards having that true commercial space industry that I mentioned. All right. She's been uh, there for almost two years at Orbital Assembly, and we're going to talk about what they do there. We're also going to quickly discuss the Tau Zero Foundation, which is uh, an organization that she is the president and CEO of as well. So Rhonda, welcome.
1: I was hired by Orbital Assembly uh-huh. to join their team okay.
0: uh, in,
1: in April of, of twenty twelve twenty one and and the company uh started becoming established in uh twenty seventeen mm-hmm. uh became uh the business that it is in twenty nineteen uh i joined the team as uh, an advisor uh in twenty twenty and was hired uh in twenty twenty one as their ceo yeah
0: so, so, yeah, so to answer ahead. your
1: question with what the, what the big why is mm-hmm. um it was looking at where we're at in our capabilities with respect to the utilization of space and what that means and and seeing you know what the needs were in in, in the growing market and the soon to be economy uh what are the biggest hindrances and and one of them is is the the expense of having sustained activity on orbit and beyond uh and and also in that sustainability uh the impact that it has on human physiology and so microgravity is great for a, a lot of business verticals market mm. verticals but it, it it doesn't like people and so how do you uh resolve that in order to um exploit an, an unlimited market mm. and um and so with that uh you know, the idea of having partial gravity uh, and then being able to provide a hybrid gravity environment where those market verticals can take advantage of the the benefits of microgravity uh, because there are materials that, that come together in microgravity in a superior way and make a superior product. How can we get to a, a scalable production um, mm-hmm. of that type of enterprise um, and also be able to have uh, the staff on orbit in a way that, that, that it's not unhealthy for them to be up there for, uh, an extended length of time.
0: Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, why do you think the the team hired you as CEO as opposed because to somebody I'm else? I'm <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's obvious. <laughs> okay. Was there anything <laughs> about, you know, you're at the top of, you know, the spearhead, right. Say, Hey, these are the priorities that we should work on. Um, um, in that I, I area. think
1: that um, you know there there are some things that 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 I, I'm very good at, and and mm-hmm. one of those is is resourcing and bringing together a lot of unrelated uh, components and putting them together in an organized system that 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 yields a better result. Um, you know, I, I do have a background in leadership and and in in businesses mm-hmm. and franchises and. And um so I, I have the entrepreneurial um uh experience mm. and um you know there were a lot of different reasons that just collectively we we found that we all work together, what great as a team, and um uh, you know, now we're are ready to to do some pretty significant things with respect to hardware.
0: Okay. Let's talk about orbital assembly's current projects. What what kind of things are you able to share?
1: So we're as a startup, you know, mm-hmm. we're we, we've been in the trenches, the the startup trenches that 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 many are familiar with, uh, and where we're at at this time is ready to to continue our uh, acquisition of of specific kinds of hardware, mm-hmm. and uh, we're really excited about that and and having those assets, uh, and and we also I, I can't talk about it yet, but we we've also received a significant award uh that we're very excited about we've uh you know always very mindful of you know what it is to be a startup and how to demonstrate what that uh productive mat- maturity looks like we've also recently added a, a new external board member that that we're very excited about and uh uh yeah we just keep keep taking those steps moving forward
0: Okay, for the person who's listening who hasn't looked at the website yet and has no idea what we're talking about, and we're using these business phrases, right? What's the word that we're looking for? Like space stations here, real estate in I space. Say,
1: I would say versatile space platforms with gravity or with okay. variable gravity. Okay, uh, we have the capabilities to provide not only habitable, you know, stations with with hybrid gravity, uh, but but working that backwards we also provide uh, versatile automated platforms hmm. and, and with respect to what is a platform well a platform is is anything that you would put on orbit that that has a, a use case and okay. um, the versatility means that not only is it uh, backwards or reverse compatible with current you know hardware that that's on orbit but then also has feed-forward architecture that that can interface with with the things to come uh and, and then also having more more than one job because at this time uh the, the biggest uh need is more space in space.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're not just talking labs in space or hotels in space uh, but maybe even orbital construction platforms we are
1: right we are talking labs in space we are Mm -hmm. talking hotels in space Mm -hmm. and we are also talking you know large flat platforms we are talking uh large uh communication systems uh all of the the functionalities that that enable those earth to space space to earth and then space to space logistics
0: okay very important stuff people i've been thinking about and i will do this a solo episode where i talk about the building blocks of stuff that we need in orbit to have a real space economy a commercial economy right we need so many lego blocks up there like fuel depots and communications and uh, we've got a lot of this stuff like pretty much ready to go right satellites with arms that can fly over and grab other things and that and what ron is talking about here the lab space in space for example. I believe that if, I believe that is a case of if you build it, they will come. If you if you put that up there, people will suddenly realize, yeah, that capability is there. We need to use it. I normally don't think that way about businesses, right? I like verify, but you know, make sure there's a market there. But I do believe that that exists, and this is one of those uh, vital building blocks, Lego blocks that we need for a space economy. Um, you've been doing something very curious to me in the economic side of the fundraising side of business that I haven't seen before. And when you talked to me about it uh, off camera, I was like, "Really? This is different." Um, because I come from the regular business world where uh, you go and prove a concept, and you get venture capital funding uh, to pour fuel on the fire, and you do a lot more advertising, and that leads to a lot more business, and you know everyone's happy, right? And then we have an exit down the line um, in space. There's often this reliance on government investment and Dr. Andy Aldrin and I have had several discussions on this show and I have evolved my point of view uh, with him because of that, right? Um, That's been quite interesting over the last three years. And then here you are coming along with this idea about building business consortiums to work, to attract investors. And I hadn't heard about that before in, in regards to space. So tell me about why you've adopted that approach and what it looks like and how it's going
1: it's going great we have over 65 uh vendors uh providers partners and customers uh in in what we would call a consortium and you know it's it's not about a consortium Mm -hmm. uh necessarily but it's the ability to demonstrate that as we build these larger volume platforms on orbit that are intended to provide uh sustained congress over time um, not just sustainability, but sustained presence, because then that becomes more economically viable and more profitable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and, and so, in that methodology, you you must demonstrate an end to end ecosystem of of partners, you know, who are uh, diversified in their their launch and payload delivery capabilities, and you know who those launch, you know, many different types of launch providers are. And then once you're on orbit uh you know, who who are the 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 folks that are are partnered with you for your operations uh we discuss having a very large volume uh on orbit to to host on orbit manufacturing for for many different mm-hmm. profitable market verticals well, that's great, but you have to have a plan for stowage and downmassing. you know, it's not the model where everyone goes up in a capsule does their thing and everyone leaves and takes all their stuff with them when they go for sustained activity, you have to have those those logistics and those operations. In place, so you can get brief supplies, you can right. have stowage in a place to put product or or things that you are are intending to return to earth to sell. You, you need a plan for that, and then you also have to have a, a plan for the the downmassing and and what the logistics are around the, the downmassing and so through many partnerships, we have this end to end uh supply chain ecosystem slash dynamic. Where it makes this uh, not just feasible, but but several vari- variables of of how this all comes together, and not one of those is a one off, where there's only one representative or one right. provider of of that critical piece. That there are several.
0: Okay, very good. I I love the idea of like. Jason's dollar and Rhonda's dollar are over here by themselves don't do very much. Right. But you get a bunch of Jason's and Rhonda's and their dollars together. And now we've got 60 million of them. right? And now we can do something. Right. Um, it's a simple idea. And, and, you know, you've been living with it for a long time, but it's just not something that I've seen in space. So um, so this is really cool. Why? And I know you're going to give me pushback on this question. (laughs) Why is developing a commercial space business so darn hard?
1: Oh, come on, you know. (laughs) Oh, you're asking me. hype. Okay, let's get into that. Um, (laughs) No, it's, I I hate saying, oh, I'm glad you asked that question. But I'm glad that you asked the question because what it, of course, it, it sets up the ability to say oftentimes where, the public thinks you are that's not really where things are Mm. and and the question you know provides the opportunity to illustrate that orbital assembly and and other companies that are trying to establish themselves as a, a a producer of revenue and profit on orbit and beyond um we've had these capabilities since the mid 70s we're utilizing products materials providers that already have space heritage that space flight legacy heritage products we're using those as the components and 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 that vetting has been uh ongoing for for over 40 years uh not all of it but most of it and so with that the companies that are trying to get out there it's not that they're bringing something new to the fore. They're leapfrogging technologies. They're using existing technologies in a way that can continue to grow businesses, continue to develop systems and, and solutions for things that are more efficient. Uh, a, a perfect example of that is uh, right now, one of the, the, the two most critical interests of of most <laughs> nations on Earth are the need for energy security and 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 food security and, and we have partnerships with companies that are energy companies and we have partnerships with the companies that are agricultural companies and 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 on both of those being one you know growing plants or 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 cloned clone cells on, on orbit because clone cells grow better in a microgravity environment. Stem cells do better growing and being productive in a microgravity environment. So putting that all together providing the platform, providing the end-to-end ecosystem so that these companies can take that next step and and be profitable and thrive, none of that that I've just discussed is something that we haven't had the capability for for a very long time. Hmm. We're utilizing it and configuring it in a different arrangement, but it's not new.
0: Okay. I think that's going to be a surprise to a lot of people, right? Um, that you can use these commercial off-the-shelf products, cots, um, you'll hear them called. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you're just putting them together in a different way. Because there would be some pushback from folks saying, well, wait a minute, aren't we stuck with this slow and expensive iterative process of uh of taking things from one TRL level to the next, right? Uh and, and now we have to get flight heritage. And you're saying, no, <laughs> this stuff has existed a very long time. It can be put together. Um, and so why aren't we doing that then? What is what is the block, in your opinion?
1: I I think that there's a couple of, of blocks. You know, one of those is that you know, NASA has always been the benchmark for uh progress in space and, mm-hmm. and it has been the example of leadership uh in, in that direction. NASA has never been funded adequately after after we went to the moon, Uh, we won the Cold War and and the the decision making that went behind cutting NASA's budget or or not continuing to grow NASA's budget was directly related to not needing to, 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 to get another win and so they were never fully enabled to push as far as 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 they wanted to. And a classic example of that was when I was, you know, in the second and then in the fifth grade, uh, you know, the NASA representative would come and, and tell us about space and we'd have a big assembly. And and I remember clearly in the fifth grade, uh, I already had the space bug. I, I already had the plan. Uh, but he was saying, hey, you know, by the time all of you kids are going to graduate high school, we'll have settlements on Mars. I'm like great because I'm ready, you know. And and they were saying that from a place of of where they were at and their capabilities, and that was quite some time ago. Um, mm-hmm. so it, it goes back to funding of NASA, looking to NASA as being the benchmark for progress and and articulating what what capabilities are. Um, and they've always been limited in their budget, so through example, they haven't been able to do everything that that they can do. Um, and then startups and, and commercial enterprise is very limited um, for those funding reasons, because mm-hmm. a lot of folks believe, well, why would I invest in space? Because a typical investment is looking for a three to five year ROI. You know, why would I want to wait 11 to, mm-hmm. to 20 years for the same ROI? So so that's one part of it. The other part of it, too, that I don't think that that a lot of folks get enough um understanding of, of how how impactful this is. But now that we have um, a significant amount of diverse launch capacity, uh, we don't have just one or two rocket companies now, there are many and, and many more are coming on board. Plus there are also alternative methodologies that mm-hmm. are, are coming to the fore in payload delivery systems uh, for on orbit uh, supply and and so, with that, before 2017, we were looking at roughly $10,000 per kilogram to put mass on orbit. Now that number has come down significantly, and as these launch providers um, all come to the fore, those those figures will continue to decrease. And so, the um, staggering costs of of, of launch um, have have decreased, and 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 therefore make it more feasible from a financial standpoint
0: Hmm. okay this is it's it gets frustrating right because like i hear from from space venture capitalist michael Mealing, if you go on the hill and try and talk to some congressional staffer about space most of them don't want to hear about it right so that's going to impact the nasa funding and it's all and then if like you said if nasa is not a part of somebody's marketing message it tends to get ignored as not being serious and is that is that our little bottleneck right like to me i think huh we've already proven this technology you say we're going to put it together in a in a new combination but the parts are good so what's the big deal but then there's some disconnect in going out and getting customers and getting financing to to create this idea right and is that right. because of that that it has to be through nasa lens that's being applied to everything or is it something else
1: there's a there's a little bit about that because obviously this is new these are mm-hmm. a lot of these concepts whether it's uh offering refueling platforms on orbit to 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 space mining um it's not been done yet but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that we've lacked the capability and we have to leapfrog a technology to get there uh we have the technology and we have had The technology since the Apollo era. Uh, Moving that forward, looking to NASA as an institution that is intended to be a a counterpart to other government institutions was never set up to do the things that they have risen to the task to to achieve. And and that's fantastic. But because of the budgetary restrictions, they haven't been able to meet a lot of stretch goals. Uh, That's not to say that other commercial enterprise can't participate in the process. And, and now it's a lot easier for them to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, where a lot of the institutional bias comes from is not understanding that. And then at the same time, many of those same people coming back and saying, well, why are we funding space when there are there are starving people or homeless people or right. you know the, the, the human needs on Earth exceed the need for space exploration? And and I, I I my response to that is that again space is not about space, mm-hmm. space is being able to use the utility of the microgravity environment in our ecosystem, um, to bring benefit to everyone on the planet, and 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 improve the lives of every man woman and child on the earth. That is the objective. The objective is to not go to a far-flung planet and turn over rocks. Although that is interesting, that's not the objective. Right,
0: right. yes, yeah, science for the sake of science, yeah, is wonderful. Right. But when I see the lunar plans for, for creating a lunar economy and it's sort of like, well, go deal with the ice and create fuel and something magical is going to happen, there I don't think you build it and they will come, right? I I think there's a little more needed there than just show up Uh, and and suddenly there'll be an economy there um do you think and again this is just a question that popped into my head like if if nasa doesn't think you can do it would would the uh, the faa or something just decline your launch or something like what i've never really thought about this before (laughs) would they use some administrative thing to block you well, we
1: we we have established a relationship with the FAA, yeah. and mm-hmm. and what the FAA does is they 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 regulate the payload payloads, and, yeah. and they just want to make sure that uh, if and they're and they're 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 regulating it from a standpoint of if there was a a failure at any point in the launch process, mm-hmm. um, what would be the 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 detrimental outcome of of anything coming back to the earth. And And so that is what the the FAA is regulating. They're not um, looking at your your feasibility. Mm-hmm. They're not judging your business case. They're not um, putting their own two cents in about whether or not you think this will be a success. Um, but but what they are making sure of is that you know should they, should the launch fail, uh, is, are, are people on earth relatively speaking going to be safe?
0: Yeah. Thank you for explaining that. Cause as we were going along there and I was thinking, I realized that's an area I don't know much about. <laughs> Maybe I need to go find an FAA person. Um, because I'm not enamored with launch, right? Launch is fine. It's necessary. It's important, but, and I get frustrated in the Facebook groups and stuff like that on space. Cause all they talk about is launch. And I'm like, space is so much more. <laughs> there's so much more going on in here than just launch. Um, so I've kind of stayed away from that. But like when I wanted to learn about ground station operations, I went and found a ground station operator and interviewed him for this show. And that told me what I needed to know, right? Um, so that <laughs> that might be the area. Okay. But I'm I'm wondering um still about the the, the pitch to to investors and how that could be improved because I feel there's an opening there so anyway you and i could discuss that there's, there's off camera but,
1: I, you know yeah. what i what i would say to that is yeah i talk to people every day and and mm. you know over the course of the last two years i i have a lot of recurring uh conversations with um you know lots of different types of investors and um in those conversations where i find the most prejudice are those affiliated with uh aerospace mm. because again there's that institutionalized bias that if it were that easy or if it were that possible nasa would have already done it but that's not what this is and so it it's it's not about it's not a conversation of capabilities it's a conversation of funding because if nasa had have had the funding they would have mm-hmm. but they didn't because they didn't have the funding right. and now they too are pivoting to To what is available commercially mm-hmm. in order to a- achieve those objectives.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the area I keep walking over is if NASA didn't do it because they didn't have funding, what's to stop a commercial company from getting customers and doing it now? Are we just There's not nothing. doing a good <laughs> job in finding customers? <laughs> yeah.
1: It used okay. To so working, working that backward, yeah. um, you know, it's... It, Everyone gets tired of hearing someone say, oh, it's a chicken and egg problem because that mm-hmm. sounds like an excuse. Mm-hmm. For us, it's not an excuse. It's just part of the dynamic. In yeah. order to get more investment, we have to demonstrate that we have customers. In order to get the customers, they want to know what our pro, our pro forma and what our investment mm-hmm. you know, process looks like and where we're at in our stage. And those are all very fair and valid. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, getting customers... Uh, that need more space on space is is one of those markets. Mm-hmm. One of the markets right now that that we keep I keep getting right there but then we don't don't have a chance to explore that but right now there's a tremendous bottleneck uh, for the platform uh, and and access to the International Space Station mm-hmm. for research and development and uh, and, and there's a demand for more frequent cadence. And so with those those problems, there's a whole battery of customers mm-hmm. that 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 want to get there, but mm-hmm. are looking at le- to a, at least a four four year term before yeah. before they can achieve that. If whatever it is that they want to put on the ISS. uh Doesn't raise any flags. Like if there are no obstacles because of the type of material, or the the (laughs) energy demands, or you know those types of 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 dynamics, that bottleneck is huge. Hmm. That bottleneck is only going to grow. There are eight billion customers on the planet, so Hmm. the demand for more space on in space once it becomes available will only increase Mm -hmm. and so that is an unlimited market and a lot of times i find myself dropping down into the one-off conversation of well you know once you do this then you're done right it's like no this Mm -hmm. this is a system this is something Mm -hmm. that continues to to scale forward uh but it's not a one-off we we can Mm -hmm. duplicate this effectively and efficiency with efficiency and um, with that bottleneck at this time, you know, we're we're in conversation with cases to become an adjacent uh, implementation partner for that very reason, because the only okay. two habitable long term, long term habitable platforms on 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 orbit are, are China's station and mm-hmm. the International Space Station.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, there was just some news today coming out about the Chinese space station. <laughs> Certain people will not be going there. Um Okay, thank you for that meaty example. Uh I, I got a lot out of it. Because again, like is the is the is the issue in the upfront costs and we just can't find people who are willing to divide that upfront cost amongst themselves, I, I, you know, well, in payment you know, for future really good... access.
1: That's a that's a, um, again great question, and the reason mm. why that's a great question is because of the assumptions. Mm. Uh, the assumption is is that space is horrifically expensive, and for the same amount of dollars, you could have something else that is more impactful mm. in the near term. Uh, the other part of it is that um, the time, you know, the 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 time to delivery, the 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 length of time that it takes. Mm-hmm. Again, with that bias, and particularly with aerospace-inclined uh, investors, mm-hmm. um, we can walk them through the numbers. We can show them, I can do this
0: yeah.
1: in this amount of time, and it will cost us this much to execute. And it's orders of magnitude lower in cost and and very short in a timeline where these objectives can be met. Mm-hmm. And because of their institutionalized bias, which is not a bad thing, it's what they know, and they haven't experienced anything different yet, you Mm -hmm. can show them the figures. You can say, these customers, these vendors, they quoted me these products. We do this, and this is what you get. It takes this much time. It costs this much money. And they're like, no. And it's Mm -hmm. not because it's personal. It's not a judgment on what we're doing. It's simply... Because that's the way it has always been, because that's what has been able to be able to produce thus far.
0: And so they don't believe it can be done. Um, Not all of them. I mean, I mean and then there yeah. are some
1: that are like, great, you guys are being really optimistic with your timelines.
0: Huh. okay. Well, uh, as an operational excellence guy and a member of the Board of Advisors of the Operational Excellence Society, I can tell you most of the time in production is in queue time, right? That's that's true <laughs> for any any manufacturing process, right? And so if you can kill the queue time, you can make that manufacturing time much shorter, right, the total time. And so if Orbital Assembly has done that for these, these labs in space, um, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be possible, you know? Uh, but again... Engineers are often not operational excellence people, so well, and, I, and, I, and i think <laughs> that that, that seem... part
1: too you know with a lot of companies that are are uh for making their foray into space you know having that that business plan that that model that demonstrates you know your 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 roadmap with your hardware and 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 all of that a lot of these things have a lot of uh stake in i p mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of uh comments out there about uh, you know not just ours but other companies being a PowerPoint company um because mm-hmm. they don't have anything real and it's like no, they have the vendors teed up, but mm-hmm. if they tell you who their vendors are then 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 it becomes competitive and they can't protect their price point mm-hmm. um, sometimes they are PowerPoint, but most of the time they're not um, mm-hmm. with us we're We're about to make a a significant product announcement but with that we have specific a uh, specific hardware catalog that says yeah, this is the product this is the trl rating this is mm-hmm. you know the 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 heritage and legacy behind it you know this is it so that when we show a a a rendering of what the design could look like we're not giving away what what it actually looks like we're protecting our ip mm-hmm. But then we're also demonstrating the the measurable steps and the 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 partnerships that that are going to get us there. Um, the other part is is sanity check. Uh, last year we had a company come in and, and vet all of our statements and and all of our figures, and you know they were they were very external um, to say you know can we defend these statements? Can we meet these deadlines? Did we get these, these quotes? And that was the other part is a lot of times there's an assumption with the timelines and the costs that they're wrong costs. And, and all of ours are based on specific quotes that we've negotiated with these partners. Mm-hmm. So again, the, the assumptions are, are biased based on what has been achieved thus far, which is not accurate. Yeah. of what it possible
0: right right and yeah new things are not achievable until suddenly they do get achieved so
1: exactly
0: (laughs) just because you haven't seen it before and I have to tell this to myself a lot too doesn't mean that that it's impossible or untrue or whatever okay that that was great I think we dug into a lot there and I think we could we could even talk more about it Um, what do you wish space business founders would know or, or understand before, or just as they're getting into their startups?
1: A lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I think that, um, I, I have not yet met anyone who is in the trenches of space startups or just in, in in the space community as a whole, that does not share a common goal to you know absolutely ensure that that civilization becomes permanent and spacefaring, mm-hmm. and um, everyone has a different idea based on their own perceptions and experiences of how that's achievable. And so, would companies begin? Even if they have a long term far off objective, they still need to have those incremental steps just from the ground to on orbit. What are those incremental steps and what are the uh, terrestrial activities simultaneously that bring value to help you build a a better foundation for, for a startup company? And then how do you scale to on orbit? Uh, or suborbital. Uh, what what does that look like? And 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 who are your customers? Being really crystal clear on who your customers are, and then once you're on orbit, you know what are all the do's. There's all the could be's. There mm-hmm. are all the possibilities. But in the near term, what are the specific demands and the spe- specific requirements of the entities up there right now that would Create a situation to be revenue positive and profitable in a near near term time. One of the things that I think is not often said enough is: yes, there's competition. Yes, it's chippy. Yes, the the funding is even more scarce in space industry than than other pursuits. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, it gets a little rough and tumble, but. Inevitably, for this ecosystem, it's critical that all of these companies succeed, not just one, but all of them, because that is part of that robust space economy that we are all pushing for. And in order for that to happen, those ecosystems, that, that synergistic symbiosis um, needs to be fostered and nurtured. So. Don't be afraid to build those partnerships, even if you think that they're a direct competitor, because inevitably those partnerships have the crossover that you need that will carry you both forward. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Yeah, so some little capability over here doesn't take your lunch money away. <laughs> Can right. It help you later exactly. on. Uh, what you said about know yeah. who your customers are. Um, well, that's and the and number one sure. thing I wish people would know. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, and I think a good example of that is who are your customers on Mars? Hmm. I know the answer to that, but Hmm. selling that is hard. But if you say my customers on the ground are these, this population, my customers suborbitally, potentially, whatever, depending on the business are these customers, Mm -hmm. my, my uh, customers on orbit are specifically, you know, these customers and they, they represent these, market verticals and each one of these market verticals has this unlimited potential. And then what does that mean for cislunar? What does that mean for 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 the moon on the you know, lunar surface and, and beyond? Everything needs to be scalable. Hmm. You don't so just So you're go. thinking in
0: layers, yeah. Um, yeah, it has to be. Hmm. It has
1: to be layered yeah. uh, and there has to be some interconnectivity. And until uh, funding is robust, uh, you also have to have a, a conversation about the as above, so below kind of dynamic of that's great that you're going to have hotels in space for mm-hmm. people of high net worth. But how is that helping anything that's happening on Earth? And then you walk it backwards and you start discussing uh, solutions for energy and 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 food security and pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what What would it be? You know, what would it be worth to the average person who's losing their, th- their sight? And that could okay. be recovered by the replacement of retinas that are grown mm-hmm. on orbit. Mm-hmm. What would that mean to you? And what wouldn't you spend to make sure that you continue to have your sight? That is one of the capabilities that can be provided by on-orbit enterprise. But there's not enough understanding of how near-term and how accessible that really is.
0: Hmm. Okay, this is very interesting. I keep coming back to that that messaging, right, as being so important. And having the right pitch person, basically. I don't like that word pitch, but it it kind of matches for this. The you know, Willie Mays, kind of, you know, come on, let's do this sort of thing, right? Um, okay, because yeah, I, you know, and thinking back to who's your customer and these layers, um, that that was educational for me. Um, During the summer of COVID, I did like 2020, yeah, I did a whole bunch of free calls with space founders. And we would perpetually get to this point where I'd be like, so who's your customer? And they'd be like, oh, I don't know. And and then they'd be like, Jason says, get a customer, right? And like, you have 20 of those in a row and you start to go a bit berserk as a a founder, right? And and, and somebody try to give advice. Um, Nobody's going to give you $200 million just to invent this thing. Not in isolation. Right. If you take that well, away from what Rhonda and I are talking about here, you know that would be the number one thing I think. I, Build it out. That
1: that that is that is the perfect statement yeah. because yeah. what that looks like, right? Are again the biases that that a lot of folks come with, where yeah, you know, they, they see our 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 gorgeous rendering of a mm-hmm. Voyager station, um and they think, oh my gosh, that's that's a hundred billion dollars, and it's going to take you fifty years. And it's like, well, no, we we did some research um and and it starts on the ground and and it it's scalable and um you know we have incremental steps and we have vendors right so no one is just going to show up and build that right? right that that doesn't happen but is the product roadmap is the are the funding objectives uh sequenced in a way that that are are rational um meritable um and achievable most certainly yes um, and and, and the, the believability that that the end result is to have uh, propellant depots on orbit or to have space-based solar power or to have uh, beamed power or beamed energy capabilities from the ground to orbit, um, all of that, because it hasn't been done, it sounds so speculative to someone who's not in the know. Mm. But again, it's not leapfrogging technologies, it's utilizing things that are available today. And so... Mm. Uh, with that having the the fundable benchmarks um that are still within the 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 sixth then to the seven and then to the eight figures in those incremental steps is also a key component what can you do with five hundred thousand dollars what can you do with ten million dollars what can you do with 25 million dollars. What can you do with 100 million dollars? Right? Yeah. So if you can meet customers at every point along that that financial roadmap, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier, smoother conversation than I'm raising 500 million dollars because I want want to put something on orbit. Right. That's a hard conversation. The answer
0: is good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I like that because, again, this layered thing um, allows for exits at different levels, right? Which pleases those investors. Um, and you can like crowdfund to a certain point, right? Customer fund and then get venture capital and then private equity and go on from there. Uh, and everybody's happy and the investors are going to love it <laughs> that you've planned this out, right? At these, at these various levels because they are going to see, oh, you thought of me and my my own self interest right you know folks it is easy to go into the venture capital space to go get 200 billion dollars for some sort of banking software right or an app because these things are well understood and people have made money with them and it's systematic it's over and over again but over here in space i can remember the numbers probably higher now but a couple years ago michael mealing telling me jason if i had 20 million dollars to deploy in space i wouldn't know where to put it Right. And that that's very interesting. I, I do believe that number has gone up. This was before the whole um that spAC with the horrible valuation um that I still don't understand and I'm pretty irritated about. But anyway, um it's just a different world over here and it is harder to get access to money because you're thinking of the internet. You you can remember the dot com era where that was the total Wild West. And people would put up a website with a domain and think that they were gonna be zillionaires, right? Um, and then that crashed. And then we had to figure out there was another layer on top of that, which was the app. Right. And then that became normalized. And so I believe we've got to go through the same thing in space. Right. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not even at the dot com bubble era yet in space. Right. We're, we haven't even reached that point yet. And so someday we're going to get there and we're going to get to the app phase where, yeah, what do you mean? You just do this. It's normal. Right? I do believe right. that, but it's going to take a while. Let's finish up with this, Rhonda. You've got something called the, the Tau Zero Foundation that you have the same sort of president and CEO role with. Tell us a bit about that, what, it, what it's for, what it does, and why you're involved. Uh,
1: the Tau Zero Foundation focuses on uh, extended energy storage and uh, advanced propulsion. And, and a lot of times when you say advanced propulsion, there's a misapprehension misappre- that that means um, breakthrough propulsion mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily something that, that that we're focused on but with advanced propulsion and energy storage uh, again it's it's it is a nonprofit so it, it's looking at research and development of capabilities utilizing technologies that exist today uh, for example one of the the projects that that we continue to uh, hone and develop, is the ability to get anywhere point to point in cislunar in 20 hours. And that is a capability that on paper we can demonstrate. No one is going to fund, you know, a hundred million dollar demonstrator mission, but they could yeah. most certainly fund a $15 million demonstrator mission mm-hmm. to 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 demonstrate that capability. Uh, so it's about being able to resource Uh, the research, the development, and the engineering for a capability like that. Well, why is that significant? Well, if if you can achieve access to anywhere in cislunar in a very short amount of time, again, it's those incremental steps. Mm -hmm. What can you do on orbit that scales to cislunar? How is that impactful? And then from there, how can you start venturing farther afield using those same capabilities? So instead of it, you know, having the energy and the propulsion capabilities to get you to Mars in a, a greatly reduced amount of time. I don't want to project how much time, but let's say that it wasn't an, an 18-month trip to Mars. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, think, well, what if it was a three-month trip to Mars? How would that change our dynamic? And and, 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 and then being able to resource uh, the researchers and the other companies that are exploring those types of of advanced propulsion concepts.
0: Yeah, I I really like your thinking about space. There's a lot of ebb and flow and rhythm in here and these sort of concentric spheres of capabilities and and timelines and that it's it's different than my own way of thinking. I'm a very darty kind of thinker, right? I'm like how do we get from here to there now, right? Um Yours is, is more holistic, so I've got a lot to Well, that here. that was an evolution, <laughs> yeah, though, because
1: yeah. it, it doesn't start like that. It's like, I, mm-hmm. I want to go to Mars. Right. I don't want it to take me 18 months. I, I want to go now. Well, okay, how do you get there? Hmm. Well, you got to work it backwards. And you, then it, it, and then that's where that, that process becomes integrated. Hmm. Uh, you don't just go.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, very cool. Rhonda, who do you want to hear from and how can they get in touch with you?
1: Uh, I wanna hear from anyone who is interested in Orbital Assembly, uh, particularly investors. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, And and they can reach us at info at orbitalassembly.com. But I I also wanna hear from folks who wanna learn more. I I wanna hear from folks who uh, say, I hear you, but I don't quite understand, or I'm not quite making the connection between this and this the reason why i think that's relevant is once more of the general population has a better understanding of where collectively uh our capabilities are that is going to influence the the culture and the priorities around making this uh get better funding and and nearer term support um, and 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 do the fostering that that is required for all of these industries in space to become successful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and folks, this keeping track of the capabilities, right? I don't know how many leaders I've talked to who are very narrow, right and deep, but they don't have the width in, in their knowledge, and they're like, Jason, I can't possibly keep up. And I get it, having been in this field for this long now, right? It's hard. Uh, I remember Nicole Shoemaker, who was. Texas A&M at the time doing um, just collecting all the knowledge of the different people doing lunar and Martian and asteroid surface technology. Right. And that's it. She went to go work for Joel herself uh, after that. But like she made a job for herself just capturing all this information in this one category. Right. Um, So, you know, it is understandable how the pace of what we can do um, has has sort of galloped out past the, the vision of what people could see. Um, normally. So, Rhonda, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, I've enjoyed getting to know you and um, I hope to learn more from you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. All
0: right. Thanks for listening and joining Rhonda Stevenson, President and CEO of Orbital Assembly and myself. Uh, I'd also like to encourage you to go down to the description below, check out the links to their website and also for the America's Future series, which is an ongoing series of discussions, uh, some in person, some online, that are concerned with the national security of the United States, and uh, just creating a greater future for all of us. Uh, And I look forward to talking to you next time.